The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Welcome. I'm Linda Sharkey to I Lead the Leadership Connection. I'm really uh, happy to have you here today. I've, I've just been on this whirlwind travel uh, tour. I just got back from Dubai, and I had a very interesting experience there. I addressed uh, the United Arab Emirates uh, Department of Human Resources, where they're really trying to take um, leading-edge practices and drive it into uh, their businesses. And I've been to Dubai a number of times, and I've also um, given a, a number of speeches there. But this was the first time that I had a totally Emirati uh, audience, and it was really very interesting, very enlightening, and very exciting what they're trying to do there. They're really trying to build a country where people can, where it can be a dream place to live, and where people really can live their dreams. And uh, the the talk was so much fun talking about how do we how do we make the new tenants of work really live and how do we get out of the chains of some of the things that were good but came from the past you know that were for the indust- from the industrial era from a time when you know people really didn't necessarily think that folks were motivated by goals and by achievement, but were more motivated uh, by control and money. And it was a different social contract. It was very uh, exciting to see, and I met some truly great, great people there. I also had the chance to tour um, Tanfeet, which means get it done in Arabic. And it was just so interesting because all the technology that we have today they didn't use technology, um, a digital technology, for tracking performance. They had all these great things going on, like wells of wisdom, where people would put in comments from uh, customers that were that had motivated them and excited them. And it's a call center, basically. And they also had king and queen for the week, where people got nominated for their performance by their peers. And right there on whiteboards, they they tracked how people were doing real time and they talked together. It was just such an energizing place. Very, very exciting place to be. Just flew into New York City from Chicago, was doing some work there with a a big company around really transforming HR and the new approach to performance management, which I think really the old approaches. Uh, of a VHS player and we really need a smartphone with um, 
uh, with the SIM card for our new approach to performance and really elevating performance within organizations, which leads me to my guest today. You all probably know, uh, because I've spoken about it quite a few times, that I was a speaker at the uh, first annual Ultimate Culture Conference in Chicago in the the end of September. Uh, My co-author, Rob Cook, is the uh, CEO of Human Synergistics and invited me to speak among other people there. And I had the great fortune to run into Mark Babbitt, who is the president of Switch and Shift. And he's written a number of books. He serves as the president of Switch and Shift. He's the CEO and founder of U-Turn, which we will talk about, and the founder of Forward Heroes. Uh, He's a blogger for Huffington Post, um, Harvard Business Review, Inc., and co-author of A World Gone Social, How Companies Must Adapt to Survive. And I just loved his story so much. And I thought he would just be a great enlightenment to folks on my show. So I asked Mark to join me. So thank you for being here today, Mark. Well, thank you, Dr. Linda. Although I don't think I can live up to all that now. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and listen, I think. No, <laughs> no I've, I've, I've listened to you speak, and I think it's very exciting. You know, I, I know, do you know Jim Clausen from UVA? Do you know him very well? Oh, yes. Jim, Jim works with us at Switch and Shift on many social leader projects, including our Twitter chat every Monday night. He's one of our clients. <gasps> Oh, wow. You know, I have to please say hello to him for me. He will remember me. I brought Jim Clausen in to a executive leadership development session that GE asked me to design for the executives at GE Capital. And I used Jim Clausen's, um, I think it's the five um, levels of leadership, and uh, uh, which you're probably familiar with. And I also used his case, the... Um, the um, Oh, it's escaping me right now, but the uh, little round top Civil War case in helping pe- people think about how you lead through engagement as opposed to fear. And it was, it was just great. It became the bedrock for the program. So I just love Jim Clausen. Well, and you, you will love then that the term blue unicorn, which we'll talk about some today, is actually a phrase we borrowed, stole, steal, stole from Jim Clausen with his permission. Um, we were interviewing him for our book, and he used that phrase, and and it stuck, and uh, we made a whole chapter out of it. And so he yeah. he inspired he inspired a great deal of our book. Yeah, he's he's just really a terrific guy. I mean, he and, and the case he did uh, around Joshua Chamberlain was phenomenal. I mean, have you seen him do that? I have, and it's it's remarkable. He, but, you know he he is such a believer in leading differently that it's that it's completely inspiring. It is completely inspiring, and you know I have he, he, with his permission, of course. You know we pay, we paid him to use it, but I uh, then have used that case all around the world, and it's a U.S. obviously Joshua Chamberlain. It's a U.S. based civil war case, but people all over the world identify with that, and what they have to do differently to really lead to. Get people behind them to charge up the hill. It's it's quite interesting. So before we jump off into other things, so how did give me the connection with the blue unicorn? So so we were sitting down with Jim and some other IBMers um, during a consulting engagement in in Orlando, Florida, and we were having dinner, and and 
you know, Jim said, look, I, I get what you guys are trying to do, and, and IBM is going that way. I know we are. But, you know, you're talking about social leadership, and they're, they are so rare that, that I call them blue unicorns. And so I, I interrupted them fairly rudely, actually, and said, wait, 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 that's such a great phrase. What does that mean? He goes, well, a social leader is, is so rare that we aren't just looking for a unicorn. We're looking for a specific color of unicorn. And, and so I love the phrase. I love the analogy. Um, you know, Jim, Jim can tell a story much better than I can, I suppose. But, but again, that became a, a whole chapter in our book, and, and we use it often now in our blogging and our consultancy in our, in our Twitter chats and our media channels to describe just how rare this new brand of leadership is. Okay, I think I... Uh, can you hear me, Mark? I can hear you great, Wendy, yes. Okay, perfect, because I think I may have <laughs> inadvertently hit the mute button. But So what is that brand of blue unicorn leadership? Well, Help us understand that. There are so many components to it, but it gets it gets right back to how you opened the show that that we had this industrial age thought process, this mindset of how a person was supposed to lead, and and typically, especially for us um, white males, it was autocratic, it was decisive, it was usually loud. Um, it was it was uh, done without taking much input from the crowd. You know, it was our decision. We were taught to be bold. We were we were we were taught to have all the all the answers, and and that's what we expected of not just ourselves, but of the leaders that we followed. And and along comes the social age, and specifically along come millennials, and they don't want to be just told what to do. They want to have a voice. They want to have a say, and and uh, and on top of that, as you alluded to earlier, you know, they work doesn't have to be this this big drag that it that it became for all of us in the industrial age. They actually gave permission to to enjoy their work, and and so they just look at leadership so much more differently than we do, and and so you know they expect you to listen, they expect you to state the challenge and and let them help solve the problem. They they expect you to collect input from just about everywhere, customers, uh, employees, of course, um, uh, research and development. Right? This isn't us as leaders talking at people anymore. This is this is just sitting back in a room, making sure we have the right people in the right room at the right time, and just having a conversation about how we're going to solve today's challenge or, or meet today's opportunity. Uh, yeah, you know, this is such an important point because – you know, I always say command and control leadership is alive and well. And to be quite honest, uh, you know, I was uh, yesterday in, in Chicago, as I mentioned, and we had Burson and Associates on talking about their research of, you know, what workers expect today in the workforce. And, you know, we know that there's like going to be over 50% of the workforce is going to be millennials. But I will tell you, their expectations, in my view, are not that much different than ours. The difference is we tolerated it, and they're not going to. We wanted the same things out of work, but the, the new generation, which, which we raised, are saying, no, I was raised to have input. And, you know, our expectation was, well, okay, if they don't let us, they don't let us. We were much meeker about it, I think. 
Well, meek is probably the right word because, again, in the industrial age, we were just machines in the cog, especially in manufacturing environments. You showed up at a certain time, you took breaks at a certain time, you clocked in, you clocked out, you took your lunch, you took another break, you went home at the exact same time every day. And for that, you were paid. And that and, was the and deal. That was the bargain. That was, that the was a social contract. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, and you know what? And then human resources became the police to make right. sure that yep. you know everybody did what they were supposed to be to do. And we had performance objectives and all these other controlling kinds of things. So, tell me, how did you get into this concept of social leadership? Well, I I lived it actually. You know, I um, I for the first I don't know almost. Five years of my professional career, I worked in autocratic organizations, and 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 I ran one of them. So it was nobody's fault. But <laughs> no, but I was in I was in the U.S. military, and and said that sucks. And then yeah. I went in, into the corporate world in Silicon Valley and said that sucks. And then so I decided um, the only idiot I wanted to work for was me, and I started my own agency in Silicon Valley. And ten years later, I said, well, this sucks, and and. It, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't even. It wasn't the people. It wasn't the process. It was the leadership, including mine. It was co- total command and control. And then you know, fun, funny things happen in our lives. And and all of a sudden, um, after running that agency for ten years, I suddenly found myself a single dad with full custody of four kids. Wow. And I tried the autocratic thing. I tried to you know bring all of my quote unquote leadership skills into the home and to be both mom and dad. And, and it took, um, one night being up with a sick kid and, uh, my daughter, Katie, just, she just, she just needed somebody to hold on to her. She didn't need to be told what to do. She didn't, she just wanted somebody to, to talk to her and listen and, and it just hit me like a, t- a ton of bricks. Yeah. That this is We're what people break? need. This is what humans need. This, I, I totally agree with you. We are at break, Mark, and uh, stay with us. We're going to be talking about this whole concept of social leadership and having a heart as being part of leadership. We're talking to Mark Babbitt. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. 
They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on game-changing HR leaders. Learn how you can become the savvy leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next wave of business innovation. Game-changing HR leaders presented by SAP and America's SAP Users Group. Your entrepreneurial vision has taken hold. Your business is growing. It's everything you hoped for. Or is it? With growth comes bigger headaches, more hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more employees to manage, more plates to juggle, and more demands on your time. Get off that merry-go-round now. Tune in to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. You'll meet street-smart entrepreneurs and business leaders sharing their success stories as well as practical solutions to the unique challenges faced by growing companies. Heard every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, and my guest today is Mark Babbitt, president of Switch and Shift, author, co-author of uh, The World Gone Social, How Companies Must Adapt to Survive. And we were talking about that command and control leadership that came out of the 50s and came out of the industrial sector. And you know what? is alive and well and strong. And it is still the prevailing leadership style, I believe. But so tell me, Mark, how what 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 is social leadership? So social leadership can be summed up probably by three three traits, we believe. Um, the first and the, and the, by far the most important is active listening. We we don't have to have all the answers. We 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 just need to know people who do have the answers. And and again, we need to get them in the right room and just say, Look, guys, we got a challenge. What do you got? Right? And then give them, the, give them the tools and the resources necessary to fix the problem and then just get out of the way. Just, just be a good leader. Be chief facilitation officer. Keep the conversation moving. Keep the progress moving. But you don't, need to, you don't need to insert your command and control influence now. Just let them go to work. And people in this environment feel more collaborative, more autonomous, more valued, they go home at the end of the day thinking, you know what, I, I did good today. I got stuff done today, and that felt pretty good, which makes them want to get back out of bed in the morning again. And it becomes full circle to not just how it impacts our, our teams, but our company and our culture and our ability to recruit new talent. And it's just a whole different world for leaders. It is totally a whole different world for leaders. Do you remember that guy, uh, the CEO of Gravity? I believe he's out in Seattle. 
I think he is. Dan, I forget his name, his last name. I, I don't think I do know him. Well, it's interesting. Get a, get the recent copy of, of of Inc., but this relates exactly to what you were saying. He's He was widely uh, touted in the news because <clears throat> he ran into, he's CEO of this uh, sort of um, different credit card company, and um, he, it's called Gravity. And what he did was raise everybody's salaries up to 70000 Oh, and, yes, I did, and, and, and cut his payments down to nothing. Dan, exactly. Dan Price, I think it was his Dan name. Dan yeah. Price, that's exactly who it was. Yep. And everybody, yep. when he did that, Rush Limbaugh, and <clears throat> all the old-time pundits said, oh, that's socialism, and it'll never work. Well, he's had double-digit growth as a result. Because people funny? have felt really loyal to him, and um, they have felt that he really cares about them and that he's created an environment where they can get ahead. I mean, it's not, you know, social welfare at all. He's just paying people at a, at a, at a fair rage, wage and not taking exorbitant amounts of money out for himself. And I thought that was really incredible. I think that kind of fits with some of the things that you're talking about. Well, exactly. And, you know, here's another thing that, that does. It takes us away from uh, hippo syndrome, you know, the highest paid person in the room, the room's opinion. Uh, right. When when everybody tends to get more on the same page, you know, Zappos has done this for years, Morningstar has done this for, year, for years, it's uh, decades actually, it's, it's, it's liberating when we know we're going to, we're going to all work together and it's, it creates a whole different environment. Now, it doesn't help that Dan's work also drove a whole bunch of positive publicity to his company. Um, that sure. probably had something to do with that growth also, but it, it was just a brilliant move, and and uh, we, we would have to call Dan, Dan Price a blue unicorn for sure. Absolutely, and you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, at the same time that that was coming out about five months, six months later, all this stuff going on about Amazon being the Hunger Games of uh, corporate America, and, you know, people started pulling back on buying from uh, Amazon, I don't know. I haven't followed totally on where that's that's taken, but um, you know, people are voting a lot more with their wallets these days than they have been in well, the past, and their voices. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's part of social leadership. We mentioned that active listening is 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 one of the traits. Well, another trait is is amplification. Is does anybody know about the good work that you're doing? And and because let's face it, we now live in the testimonial economy. It doesn't matter what we say about us on our on our websites, on our career pages, in our brochures, in our advertising on TV and radio. None of that matters anymore. Matter of fact, a, a new a new stat reported by Fast Company showed that 82 percent of women and 71 percent of men no longer believed the advertising they were hearing, and specifically didn't believe in 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 celebrity endorsements anymore. They believed wow. in what somebody objective was saying about the company, the product, the brand, right? So, yeah. so if, if, let's just say that Dan did this great work, but they didn't have any way to amplify his efforts, which, you know, went on to go viral and, and get national attention. Well, that's, that's Dan's very, very good at leveraging the, the social networks and, and eventually the mainstream media to amplify his ideas and, and boy, it works. It works for a lot of reasons. It, it, it really does work. And, you know, as, as I read about him, I mean, he is a man that, that really has a lot of heart about his workforce. There's no question about it. His goal is, having a, is helping people live great lives. That's what he's all about. 
Well, and, and you know, he's got a he's got a lot of really good mentors in front of him to do that. You know, look what Blake McCoskey's doing at Tom Shoes and Richard Branson yep. Virgin and yep. so many other companies that just said, look, I, you know, I'll make enough money. I'm not worried, but I'm not treating this as the golden throne that my grandfather did or maybe even yeah. my father did. Yeah, and, and maybe and, even we did sometimes, you know that? Well, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. In my first agency, it's like, hey, this is my company. You right. Know? So, um, and it was, it was a dictatorship, and, and uh, I, regret, I regret that every day now. But, yeah. but we learn from that, right? And we, and we learn to engage. We learn to listen. We learn to think. We, we learn to collect all the wisdom in the room. Um, you know, we were... We were recently consulting with a company on a manufacturing problem, and they brought all the VPs and all the executives. All the suits came in the room, and we were gonna we were gonna uh, figure out how to how to fi- you know how to fix this manufacturing problem. And I looked around the room and I said, "There's nobody from manufacturing here. How 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 are we gonna get anything done?" And they said, "Oh well, we have we know what's going on. No, you have like seven filters between you and what's really going on." We need to get Absolutely. people in the room dealing with this problem every day. And, and we did. Um, we canceled the meeting. We went away. We brought all the manufacturing people in there. No suits, no executives, no VPs. We said, so what's the problem and how do we fix it? And they had the answers. Wow. Nobody I mean, that's impressive. Before. Wow. And, you know, it's just the same thing happened with this one organization I was working with yesterday. They said, well, we're losing millennials at a 20% rate. And then somebody said, well, maybe that's not bad, you know, because they really don't stay with jobs very long. I said, has anybody asked them, you know, what they like about the company, why they're here, what, you know, what's causing them to leave? And, you know, they kind of look like deer in the headlights. So why wouldn't you go to people and say, how could we make this a great place? How can we make it better? I love that, Linda. I love that. I, I am guilty myself every once in a while to... The VP of HR looking at a looking at him or her and saying, "So you have a problem with millennials? There's 81 million of them. Why don't you ask them what the problem is?" Right, right. Or ask them right? how you could make it a irresistible workplace. Right, but we don't. Right, we talk. We talk um, another industrial age fallacy. We talk about people. We lump people into one composite person. We make mm. assumptions. We we build stereotypes. We don't actively listen and and that's what's so different about social leadership is we we have to give ourselves permission to to use our you know our two ears and our one mouth proportionally yeah absolutely so tell me something uh mark as we're coming up to break in a couple of minutes but how has social leadership impacted the results of companies that you've worked with well, you know, social leadership is, uh, so the social age itself has probably been around six or seven years is all, and we're seeing such tremendous impact. We're seeing, I'll tell you the big thing in the time that we have left before the break is we're seeing a lot of Davids take on a lot of Goliaths. I mean, you can be, wow. you know, the little, the little clothes shop, the little bakery, the little, the little shoe store, but if you are... If you implement social leadership and you amplify on social media, you can take on these big boys, and it's and it's leveled the playing field. And it's I got to tell you, from an economic point of view, not just a leadership point of view, but you know, driving funds, revenue, it's a pretty exciting thing to see. Yeah, it is pretty exciting. And you know, when you think about like Richard Branson, I was just reading today. I think that this is true, but I don't believe he graduated from high school, or if he did, just from high school. And nobody cares. 
I bet, yeah. I bet nobody I mean, ever asked point? him that question, right? Because right. he's such a dynamic leader um, yep. that, that, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I travel to schools all over the world and talk at, at colleges and high schools, and, and I, I don't have a college degree, right? And nobody ever asked me that question. Nobody ever said, where'd you graduate? What's your degree? And nobody ever asked me that question. It doesn't matter. In the social age, it doesn't matter. What you know matters, not what, not what you think you know matters. Yeah, and how you interact with others and how you bring out the best in other people. Because I do want to get to this. You, you've started this. I, I want to talk about uh, how social leadership really impacts culture because that really resonated big time with me. But I think there's a bigger answer to that before we you know, go to break. So I want to talk about that right after break. And then I want to talk about this um, U-turn that, that um, you developed, which I just think is so cool. Just such a cool thing. Because um, I do think corporations and workplaces are going to be the new training grounds for people. And you don't need a college degree to learn some of the stuff that's going on in this world and to be a great person. So stay with us. I'm talking to Mark Babbitt, president of Switch and Shift. And I want to I want to find out why you called your company that. I think that's so interesting. Fair enough. Yep, and then, uh, so stay with us. We're going to talk about culture, the impact of social leadership on culture, and we're also going to talk about Mark's initiative around U-Turn, which is such a great thing to develop talent. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are t- 
tuned in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the leadership connection. Welcome back. I'm talking to Mark Babbitt, president of Switch and Shift, author of uh, World Gone Social and How to Bring the Human Back into Business. And we're talking about how has this sort of humanizing leadership and humanizing organizations, which I think is so critical, how have you seen this impact culture? And you talked a lot about it at the conference, Mark. It was just fascinating. Well, I think the, the biggest thing is we're starting to bring concept that's left us over the last couple of decades, and that's mutually beneficial loyalty. And, you know, uh, we know, we just talked a lot about millennials, we know now they, they on average, they leave work every 2.3 years to find another job. And, and we know that companies will, will unfortunately lay off people in a moment as soon as the shareholders start start getting worried about profit margins and, and market share. And, and in the workplace, we've lost this concept. And and what social leadership does through, through uh, enabling that autonomous feeling, through, through making people feel like they belong, they're contributing, and they're, that their purpose is aligned with the purpose of the organization, it's hard for them to leave. It, it's like leaving family sometimes. And, and it, builds this, it builds this red velvet rope policy that that people want to be on the right side of the rope. You know, they feel like they're a member of a club or a member of a team and they don't want to disappoint their team members and they don't want to lead their team members. And, and so, and, and when you get that kind of climate, that kind of culture, then guess what happens? Well, you know what happens Linda. people start to refer others to that company that share that same mindset, that share those same values. And now we're not scrambling around to hire new people. They're coming to us and saying, Hey, I, I'm here and you're a great company to work for and I have some skills that it sounds like you need. Let's talk. Right. And, and so people are being hired while they were seeing resumes just based on technical skills, social skills, soft skills and referrals. And, and so it, it self manifests into this, into this wonderful culture where everybody feels like they belong. Yeah, and you said an absolutely critical word in my view. You know, everybody's into these, or some people are into these competency models, and I, I suppose that's important. You know, you have to be competent in your job, obviously. But it seems to me the heart of a company is two things. It's purpose. You know, what is its purpose, really? And how is it connected to some kind of social good? Secondarily, does it live its values? You know, values are so essential to making, I think, a really great and whole organization. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, um, let's not ask me. Let's ask, let's ask uh, Volkswagen how they're doing right now. Oh, right? yeah, good point. <laughs> right? Good they, point. They, they, um, you know, they said, oh, we didn't live up to our values. No, I'm sorry, Volkswagen, you did live up to your values. That's the disappointing part. Yeah. You said you were, you said you were one thing, and it turns out you were completely another, and and you know, with you know this amplification thing we talked about earlier, Doctor Linda, it, it isn't just the good, right? When you when you really blow it in today's economy, in, in the social age, 
the whole world's going to know about it because we're going to talk about it on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and Pinterest. The whole world is going to know that we messed up. And, and I think that's a really big, a really big part of it. So, you know, so, so have something stand for something other than profits. It's not hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then state what that is, get people to work with you and for you that are aligned with that purpose. And, and hopefully their purchase, their personal purpose also matches and then and then go go work together to complete a common mission and that it, it really does come down to that you know people are always you you've seen this in your work people are always looking for that magic bullet or the or the magic software program that that helps them engage with their employees better or helps them retain their employees better and and you know what it really comes down to it comes down to purpose principles and finally, you have to be a really damn good company to work for. Yeah, right. Absolutely. If you, you if you if you have a toxic culture, it doesn't matter what your purpose. It doesn't matter what your values are. Those can't be dictated. They have to be lived. And, and right. I don't. I think there are a lot of companies out there that don't get that yet. This isn't a this isn't a mission statement on a wall. This is your right. core values and how you live them. Right. And holding people accountable and holding your leaders accountable to live those values and demonstrate those values. I mean, honestly, Volkswagen just got caught. You know, that's oh, probably got, been, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's they been going on for yeah. years. Right. No. Well, and the worst part was for a lot of consumers and a lot of people on social media was nine months after they were caught, they still denied it. They were still in total denial. And you know what? We're a very forgiving world. And and you, you look at some of the organizations who who just, you know, Target Corporation and Starbucks and, and when they make a mistake they get on social media, they get online, and they go, you know what? We blew it, and yeah. we're going to fix it. We own this. Right. Right? right? And people are so forgiving. And instead, we do that industrial age, get the, get the legal team in the room, get PR in the room, get, you know, get all the, 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 the gray-haired people in the room, and let's see <laughs> how we're going to spin this. No, don't spin it. <laughs> go, go live and say, wow, we blew it, but we own it. Right, right. And be... be, be face into it and to be honest about it you know that that's so true i i happen to think you know the press about uh, that that i've read stuff that i've read i don't know schultz the ceo of uh, starbucks but you know everything that i've seen about him is that he really does sort of live a very purpose-driven organization and that has has these great values i loved his campaign race together i, I know he got maligned a little bit around it but I thought it was really pretty cool. And he well, came I, out and said, I believe in this. this right. I, I'm not just running this company to, you know, to make money. This, this, I think there's a purpose behind this. So go ahead. Well, you were going to make a comment. Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, very recently, Mr. Schultz was um, panned by some people, applauded by others, because he wrote, his, wrote an email to his entire team. It was after um, we, we'd, we'd had a bad day. Uh, and I can't even remember the circumstances. It might have been the stock markets had had a bad day or, or national tragedy had occurred. And he wrote an email to his entire employee base and said, Hey, I just want you to remember today that, that the United States has had a really bad day and there's going to be a lot of people upset in line today. And so I just uh, need you to take an extra second and think about what they might be going through and find that extra ounce of patience and treat them as, as though they are hurting because they might be. And, and I just thought it was brilliant. Wow! It was, I mean, what a uh, we we talk a lot about the human side of business at Switch and Shift, and 
and, yep. and you know, God, how, how more human can you get than that? And, and so yep. I love his leadership style. Yes, he, he also makes a ton of money, and he gets in trouble for that. And, but but he, he, like Bill Gates and the others, he puts millions and millions of dollars into the, into the Family Foundation to help others, including our military veterans, and, and he's doing a yes, lot of good work. Yes, he does. And he's also done, which is going to lead me to my next question, a discussion with you, he's done some apprenticeships and internships at Starbucks, and he started this thing with other corporations where they take people in, you know, young kids from high school, and they bring them in, and it's like a three-year learning ground. So they, they, they learn about work and how things get done, and, and I think that's brilliant. Well, I think, you know, he, he's one of the leaders. Um, we talked about uh, the traits of a, of a social leader of a blue unicorn. One of them, without a doubt, is, is you feel more of a mentor, like a mentor, than a manager. Mm. You know, a, a manager, just like you said about human resources, they're all about com- compliance, conformity, you know, meeting standards, meeting metrics. And, and um, you know, that's the definition, if you will, of, a, of an industrial age leader. Of an yep. old school leader, right? Yep. Where a mentor our grandparents. Says, <laughs> right. So where a mentor says, how can I help you be more successful? Not just here, not just in this role, but how can I help you get better as a person? And that makes you better here. And, yeah. and that's a, such, a, such a shift from what, from what we're, you know, what, what we were taught, what I was certainly taught in, in business school and and, um, you know, by my mentors and my parents, it was like, hey, you're lucky to have a job. Well, yep. There's a million replacements for you, right? Now right. we're actually talking about about making people feel like they're human and, and working with them to, to better themselves. And I yep. think that's the ultimate compliment for a social leader is is to be a mentor and have, have, the, have a person come back to you five or six later, years later and say, you know, you made a huge impact on my life. And... Yeah. And I know I didn't make a whole lot of money there, and I know you weren't making a whole lot of money at the time, so it wasn't about that, but, but I learned so much from you, and I'm still using that today. And that, yep. boy, that's the biggest compliment we can get. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I absolutely totally agree with you. So this leads me to U-turn. Um, tell me, yeah, you told me when you and I were talking about it that it's really a passion play for you, but, so tell me about it. What made you start it? What does it do? Help people understand what it is. Well, I, um, we we had done I I I'd done two startups in the online recruiting space. One went amazingly well, and one was was um, a, a recipe for ulcers. It was it was so frustrating and so time consuming and, and so all consuming. If you ask my family at the time, and, and you know three founders who just didn't didn't get it. Um, uh, they raised $13 million for VC money that already blown through 11. So the stress was incredibly high and, and they just, you know, they just, they just didn't understand how, how this recruiting thing worked. And, and so, um, online job boards at the time, that's just when the recession hit a lot, uh, a lot of the online job boards were starting to decrease. And a bunch of us got together and said, you know, what if we stopped just advertising jobs and actually started helping people win the jobs? What if we became mentors ourselves and taught college students, taught recent graduates, what it takes to get a job and secure a great career today? And that's, and that's why we started U-Turn. Wow. And so what's been the result of it? 
Um, it's been pretty amazing, actually. We we have um, what's what's basically a huge volunteer peer-to-peer network of recruiters and resume writers and college students and recent graduates and young professionals who who uh, pitch in on the U-turn community and in our Twitter chats and our blog and and all they talk about is the success that it takes to win to win the job and and so it's um, it's it's uh, it's probably my proudest professional moment to see us making such a huge difference in the in the lives of so many college students. Yeah, isn't that great? You know, it just 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 makes you feel really great. We're coming we're coming up to break and Mark, we've had a couple of people email some uh, questions in that I think would be great if you answer in the in the next section, but stay with us. I'm talking to Mark Babbitt. And by the way, I would have to say if you're looking for a great speaker, Mark is definitely one of them. He just told a compelling story about social leadership and why we need to think differently and why we need to switch and shift our thinking and how we engage with others in the workplace. You know, we spend a lot of time there and it should be fun and not a drudge. 85% of the people at work today see their jobs as drudgery. How exciting is that, right? (laughs) When you think about going to work. So stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. tuned in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection. 
To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. So, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey talking with Mark Babbitt. And, uh, Mark, we had two questions that came in from our audience that were emailed in. One is from um, Sharon in Texas. And she was saying, you know, now that she's listening to the show, how do you, she, she, by the way, loves the name of your company, Switch and Shift. So, how do you switch and shift if you well, see that you have a command and control organization? Well, I, here's the best part about social leadership. You know, so many leadership phenomenons, leadership trends, fads, you know, the, the, all the way back to TQM in the 80s and the Toyota way, it was, it was all this top-down, excuse my language, crap that hardly ever worked. Right? right, and we talked about it. We believed in it. We gave it lip service, but at the end of the day, it didn't. It didn't do much to help our businesses, and even if it did, it didn't do much to help our team and team members. And what I love about social leadership, specifically, and being a blue unicorn, is it doesn't matter what your title is, and it doesn't matter who's above you and who's below you, or how stuck they are in the 1970s with their leadership style. We can create what my business partner, Sean Murphy, calls a pocket of excellence. And we can lead our teams how we know we need to lead them to make them more purposeful, make them more efficient, to accomplish amazing things. And so even if we're just leading a team of six, even if it's without permission, we don't have manager on on our business card, we can start to make a difference. And here's what happens. People start to go, hey, how'd you guys do that? When, When did that happen? Yeah. Wait, that's not how we do things, right? And people start to get noticed, and then it starts to spread. So even when we consult, you know, we're consulting with a, a, a 600-person organization now, an information technology department, and we said, look, our job isn't to change 600 people at a time. It's to change six people at a time who tell 10 people now at 60. They tell 10 people now at 600. And, and so you start with this little tiny pocket um, no matter no matter who you are, Sharon, no matter where you're starting, build your own pocket of excellence and and let them quantify everything. Develop a great story around those those quantified numbers, and and you'll start to get some positive attention that that will go viral through your company. And we've seen it over and over and over. It, it happens. Yeah, I, you know, I have too. And I I will say this though, uh, Mark. If the very senior leadership of the company eventually don't buy in, it's kind of doomed, don't you think? Oh, uh, yes. But you know what? Here's what we're seeing, um, Dr. Linda, and I know you've probably seen this too. We tell people all the time, if if your top-down person doesn't believe in this, despite all the evidence to the contrary, if they don't believe, if they don't eventually become a social leader, their replacement will. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I know it takes. It's, oh God, it's so much harder without without that believer at the top, without that evangelist at the top. It's yeah. so much harder. But but we can make a difference with our own teams, with our own departments. We can change things, and it and it can happen quickly. And feel feeling better about ourselves as a leader. 
you know, and that's that's what's really important and how, how we're helping others. So I have one other question from uh, Jerry from Miami, uh, Florida. And he, what three pieces of advice can you give leaders to switch and shift? Well, I think the, the first one, and this is a tough one because it's, you know, you can't quantify it. It isn't a metric. It isn't something we were we were taught in business school, but we, we kind of have to obliterate our current comfort zones. We have to yeah. unlearn, right? Unlearning is not, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's so difficult. You know, the first line in our book is change is the result of insurmountable market pressure. Yeah. And we don't, we don't just change instinctively. Something, you know, you talk, you, uh, somebody, somebody with a huge weight problem doesn't change until they have a heart attack and now they need, they really have to change. Right. They have this life changing moment. Well, for an executive, a life-changing moment is I'm about to get fired. I'm, I'm, um, uh, my third quarter earnings are going to be terrible, and I have to have a really good answer for what's next. Right? There's there's these moments of, of emphasis that force us to change. So that's what that sentence means. And, and and we can't do any of that without just blowing up our comfort zones. And there's so few of us willing to do that. So yeah. So that's number one. I, um, number two is we have to see that this new era is here. It's not, this is not a fad, it is not a trend. This is the way that the workforce is going. Led by the millennials, now embraced by every generation, we yes. have given ourselves permission to enjoy work and feel fulfilled. And if you don't want to be part of that, then we'll go find somebody who is. A different company, yeah. a different leader, something. Um, and then finally, the third point, and this is, this is really big for me because I did have to unlearn, I did have to blow up my comfort zones, and that did make me different, is you have to be bold enough to be different. You have to be bold enough to say, I'm going to do it because it's the right thing, not because it's what I was taught, not yep. because it's that, you know, not because it's, that's the way we've always done it. I'm yep. going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Yep. And boy, I'm so with you. I, I, I don't have time to tell the story on this on this show today, but I had one of those epiphany moments where I was working for a real toxic, toxic leader. And I finally just stopped and said, I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not going to be this way. I don't want to be this way. I can't. I, I don't like myself. So three fabulous pieces of advice, Mark. So if you want to get a hold of Mark, it's www.switchandshift.com. Uh, get his book. It's a great book great way to think about how you can switch and shift to being the kind of leader that will make you feel like a great person and helping other people so thank you so much for being on the show Mark today I just so appreciate it it was a great conversation well I, I learned so much from you Dr. Linda at the, at the culture conference and now looking <laughs> at your work since and it was just a thrill for me to be on the show today so thank you well thank you and stay with us next week I have um Janice Semper, a colleague of mine actually from GE, and she and I, I just recently was there at their uh, leadership center, and you know, all this talk about performance management and racking and stacking and labeling people and telling these people you're top 10 and you're the bottom 10 and, you know, making people accountable and labeling everybody, and that's an artifact of the industrial age, I must say, and I know there's people out there tweeting about it, and I know there's people on LinkedIn and talking about, oh, well, the science says well, personally, I think that's BS. And even a big company like GE is looking at doing things differently. 
and G and Janice is a wonderful leadership expert, and she's going to be talking. She's been leading this charge at GE, and she has found by putting in a more human, social performance engagement process, what I call performance excellence, has made a huge difference in this company. And by the way, even hard-boiled newspapers like the Wall Street Journal is saying, you know, that's a VHS that, you know, companies and human resource professionals that are still hanging on to that old VHS artifact because they just don't want to change need to let go. So I'm very excited to have Janet. She's going to be talking about how GE is really reshaping leadership, uh, how they're reshaping their performance excellence process, how they're reshaping how they think about talent to be more contemporary for today's world. So join us next week with Janice Semper. Thanks again, Mark, for a great show. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.